but it's very much the sort of thing where you you want to hop on for like five minutes um, and then two hours later hop on for five minutes and then a couple hours later hop so, on for five minutes yeah you're being habituated mm -hmm. to constantly be coming back to tiny tower <clears throat> and they actually said that another thing uh, with those games is that they're trying to habituate you or they're trying to get you to play in in patterns that mimic most people's uses of social media so most people want Facebook mm -hmm. every hour or two for a few minutes so you're guaranteed to play their game and see their ads, etc., etc. Et well, that is that's true more with like Facebook style apps. Yeah. I mean, Tiny Tower. I don't think you can actually play it on Facebook. But once you get further into the game, it slogs. Like it takes longer and longer to like the first floor is like a hundred thousand dollars to to build, and then the next floor is like a hundred and fifty, and then by the time you're building the hundred and sixtieth floor, it's 4.3 million Oof. and you know that takes like three or four days to accumulate that much money and well, they already you, have you by that point yeah well but they you know you might want a shortcut and buy some tower bucks so you can turn those tower bucks into dollars so that you can then <laughs> uh, <laughs> of course you can get 25 million gold in uh, Diablo 3 for 25 bucks well, that's just a case of, you know, <laughs> the first taste is cheap. Mm -hmm. It's, it's funny because, like, <laughs> there's, there's becoming a bigger and bigger dichotomy between companies that are making Skinner boxes and companies that are making, like, old-school, you know, epic-style games or, like, old-school... Only the AAA, only the, the, the big console and PC titles anymore are even attempting to be just like a game. Faster than light. It's an indie, pretty indie game. That just... Yeah. Um, it is... I mean, it's totally a roguelike. It is a fairly complete game. It has not got the... It's not a Skinner box. Wait, what game was this? FTL. Box. Oh, FTL. I've heard, I've heard I good things about Skinner FTL. Box is a video awesome. game that's attempting to psychologize you into playing it rather than being a good so game on its own merits. It comes from the Skinner experiment where they would find that if you put a rat in a box, you put a lever, and every time the rat got the lever, a food pellet came out. The rat would get a food pellet, eat the food pellet, and chill. Mm -hmm. If you made the food pellet come out um, every, you know, tenth time, the rat would hit the lever ten times, get the food pellet, and chill. But if you made it random... Mm -hmm. And the rat would think every time, well, maybe I get a food pellet, maybe I get a food pellet. And they would compulsively pull the lever and get food pellets they didn't need. Because they were addicted to the gambling of the slot machine. Huh. The slot machine is a Skinner box. Interesting. Okay. You know, occasional rewards and general fuckery. Now, faster than light is just like you lose. It's, it's, it is like on dwarf. Fortress par for hard, except there's possible How to win. How long does it take you to Borderlands lose? is somewhat similar to this. It uses Diablo's um, randomizer. I'd say about two hours However, to play a whole game the if you manage to make it to the boss. Between Borderlands and Diablo so do is you travel? don't buy guns with real money. You don't buy anything with real money. The only you thing you buy with real Parsex? money is uh, DLCs, which, as far as I can tell, are just here to stay. Oh. I have no problem with DLCs. I was just checking it's to a former game developer. It's like. Or if you, uh... You're, you, you warp. I like the oh. idea of Borderlands 2.2. Or jump. 2. 
and 2.4. I'm cool with that. Hyperspace jump. I am not okay with Borderlands 2, and while building this game, we have a DLC already on your disc. Be ready to buy that code. There's actually a legitimate reason for that, um, and I believe it, and that is that there's a huge lead time um, for... If, you, if, if This is a game I assume that's also released on Xbox and PS3. Yeah. You have to submit the game for approval from Sony and Microsoft months and months and months before you can go gold and actually print the CDs. So what happens is you submit it and then you have two options. One, you can sit around and cool your heels for a few months and do nothing. Or you can start working on DLC. And if you finish a package of DLC before the game goes gold, you can just put it on the disc. At least you get all the content there, so people don't have to blow up their internet connection for like you know eight hours downloading textures and stuff. They only have to download a patch that puts in all the bug fixes that that thing required to get approval. I can see that, I suppose. I, I can understand that. That is the industry excuse, and I... I somewhat believe it. I don't think it's a hundred percent, but I definitely think that it's that it's, it's good enough a reason to say okay, that is acceptable on its own merits. And there's Probably. another advantage there in that in that often there is free zero day DLC for people who buy the game rather than getting it used. Yes. And again, as a former developer, I have absolutely no problem with with them saying, look, you wanna you wanna get the full experience. Pay us. I like this a lot because otherwise we can't make money. Because now there's such a huge aftermarket for games. Yeah, it was killing the industry for a while. And I, at first, I was a little skeptical. But you know, like I said, I've, I've actually worked in that industry. And no, I don't I, blame them. I really like the uh, buy a new game, you get free content because it allows them to be competitive with the secondary market. Yep. And you need developers to get money because games are widely and ridiculously stolen. It's it's you know it's not even that honestly the resale market is way worse than the piracy market because most of the people who pirate games would never mm. have bought them new. At worst, they would have waited till they were in the bargain bin. Mm. In which case, the company's losing money on them anyway. Or, you know, when you buy it for five dollars, you're reducing their losses. You are not actually helping that development team. It's not contributing to their bonuses or anything mm. like that. Or you or they're going to buy it used. Well, actually, at that point, when you're buying it for five dollars. The development team's already got their money that they're going to get. Yeah. You're, you're reducing GameStop's losses, or whoever you buy it from the bargain bin. It depends on the deal the publisher has with the um, company. There are weird agreements there, and often the publishing company still takes the hit or gets the gain at that point. Mm. It's not... It's actually not that cut and dry because there's these weird reciprocal agreements between retailers. But, regardless... And again, I can only speak to this because I work in the industry. Um... The, the thing really is that, um, yeah, the pirates aren't going to buy the game. They're not, or they're certainly not going to buy it new, at, and at a price that benefits the publisher or the developer. It's, it, it, is, the, it is entirely aimed at the, re, at the resale market. That's good to fix as well, because if you, if you say, do you want this game for $5 less, people will say, yes. Yes, I do. Part of the problem with the... DLC being on the disc and there's not so much a problem as is a perception is that people think when you buy a game you own that game you don't own the game you are licensing it and that is an entirely different thing that's why you're not allowed 
legal perspective. Yeah. That's why you're not allowed to mess with your uh, 360 and, you know, do weird stuff to it, technically speaking. That's why I'm kind of excited about Ouya. There's a second there's a second piece to this too though. Um which is why I think Kickstarter is so important because with triple A titles, games that are guaranteed to gross millions of dollars, because the average triple A title now costs tens of millions of dollars to produce. So you have to sell millions of copies. But the idea that Hey, we don't have to pull all this this tomfoolery if you if the customers just pay for the game up front, pre-order it before it goes into development. Which for smaller mm -hmm. games on shorter development cycles, six months to a year, indie type game titles, is perfect. And then people have the option of, do I trust this developer? Have they produced good products in the past? Is this somebody who I want to support with my money? So it's it, it becomes and I you know if you actually look at the the the, the curve of money that goes into Kickstarters. People are actually willing to overpay for product from people that they like because they're like, I know that this is going to support someone I care about. I don't worry that EA is going to skin this much off the top, or GameStop's going to take their cut, or you know this or that or the other thing. So I I think that, it, and I've actually I've actually blogged about this, but I think that that all media, all media production, all creative endeavors are going to go into a two tier system. You're going to have the AAA, um, you know, pop stars and games and movies at the top, and everything else is going to be kickstarted. Not bad. I, I mean, I like the Kickstarter form formula. It's it's good. It's safer. Yeah. Mm. I was actually. Uh, you gotta be careful on Kickstarter though. Page. It's safer for the person who's running it. So. Not for the consumer. Mm. The, uh, some people were on the Mercs forums. It's a mini game we've been picking up a little bit, and they were like, "Hey, all these companies are doing Kickstarters. You guys should do a Kickstarter." And the uh, <laughs> the guy who makes the game post on the forums all the time, because it's a pretty small community. And he was like, It's also run well, out of his basement. <laughs> I'm not going to make a Kickstarter, and here's why. Do you guys play in game stores? Because if I make a Kickstarter, they are not going to get any money. That's, would, not, that's not entirely true. So a lot of Kickstarters, especially like Ogre, um, a lot of board game companies, will mm -hmm. have special retailer tiers, where the retailer can get in at retail prices, well, yeah. like two, three, four copies of the game. But like, for instance, with the Relic Knights, mm -hmm. they're—I mean—they're selling starters they are. with the Kickstarter. If you get your starter with the Kickstarter, you're not getting your starter from a game store. It's true. Even if yeah. the game stores are able to get the starters at some decreased rate because they Kickstartered, they're not. If all their players have starters because they Kickstartered. But here's then, the so so the the flip side of that is that how many game stores actually sell that product? Probably not very many. Yeah. It, yeah. The fact is that game stores, look at what Blake sells. Blake sells the AAA titles. Blake sells Magic and D&D and Warhammer. Blake doesn't sell these random indie games. He can order some of them. Mm -hmm. And I definitely well, he did. He did the Reaper one. I bought Don't Rest Your Head through him. Mm -hmm. Because he mm -hmm. happened to... And actually the Dresden stuff too. Because he happens to carry Evil Hat. Or he happens to have access. His distributor happens to carry Evil Hat. But like... Like, he's not... He's not selling that. He's not moving that product, and I don't think that's what. I, I don't think the support your you know friendly local game store is an excuse. I mean, great that Reapers or whoever it is they they they're they're happy with the business that they're doing, and they're not worried that they need to kickstart. 
I mean, but when you have these independent authors who are like, I can make this game for a year, see, and spend a bunch of money on editing and layout and art. The fact that we can't get it at the store right now, and we have people who want to buy it through the store, is a sign that he does need to kickstart it, so that he can up the production to the point where it can fulfill demand. It is wild. There are three Mercs armies in the store, and there are eight additional people who want to get in. (laughs) There are eight whole other people? Yes. Wow. I didn't know they had that many. Yes, we did. Are you counting me? Uh, Yes, I am. Okay. If this is a small enough operation, Blake might even just be able to like call them and be like, hey, we have a bunch of people who want to play, can you cut me a retail deal mm-hmm. and I'll sell it to them. They'll package it up, send it to me, tell me what it's going to cost. But like, you know, for indie, you know, the whole, the whole idea of indie, no one's fronting you the money to, 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 do, to do the project, and so... Yeah, these paper plates may not have been sufficient to the task. <laughs> <laughs> Worked out for me. Balsamic. I didn't <coughs> use... The saying is like, you know, you could do, you can, you can work on this project for a year, spend all this of your own money, and then no one buys it, or it doesn't get well publicized. At least this place, you get paid up front. You can live, you can afford to f- put food on the table for the time you're doing this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're guaranteed that when you get to the end, you'll, you'll at worst have zero dollars left, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I worry about Mercs right now because. I don't know how much she's selling right now. Oh, I don't know. It seems like it's doing really well. It seems like it, but I, I wonder whether... If his major distributor, if Blake's major distributor can't get it... Is this guy making any money? Maybe he's just not making it fast enough. Like, that is pr- almost yeah, certainly what's they, going they on. They just did, like, relatively recently, a fresh run of the starters. <laughs> so they probably... It's and, not and continuous. <laughs> no, it's not continuous. <laughs> most that's the thing. Most of it isn't. I mean, even magic isn't. They're not continuously printing. Not not, not entirely. Way. They're kind of continuously printing. Yeah. They have a different. They have a different sale model than say. I mean, they're Games still Workshop. making. Games for example, uh, Dark Ascension. Printing. They're still printing it. Okay. They are. I think so. It, I mean, goes, Blake, it does go in runs, though. It's yeah. not like it's... Yeah, yeah. Any, pretty much anything goes in runs. Yeah, They're well, not just doing it on demand. Well, I don't think they've just got a stockpile of Dark Ascension in the back. And they're I just pulling the impression that they... That with Magic, they printed a set, like, once, basically. Really? Well, the first and, printing something... is the big one. The... And, like, Blake, Blake for one Did point, couldn't get it. Duncan? I would like to get some. Oh, snack some, uh, I'm gonna put it away. Okay. I assume they were continuously printing it... I mean, I, After I can just a leave it out one extremely satisfied. large, oh, I can, I can like, just like the the, ex- the very large volume at first, and then they did some intermittent mm-hmm. printing later on because you don't want to necessarily have a uh, a Fordist model where, oh boy, oh boy, I hope everyone buys enough Dark Ascension. Uh, I'm pretty sure Magic yeah. does like two print runs. They do like an initial one. And then they see the demand. They they, they do a, uh, uh, yeah. I know okay. they did a second run of M10 because that was a fiasco when that happened. Oh, that that's the one that there just wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah. it was because they like accidentally got it right. At least that was their story, and it seemed like a pretty close to accurate story. They may have short printed it a little bit on purpose, but like. It, it was the time they accidentally dragged everyone back into magic. 
and I was like, whoa, this is fun. What actually bugs me is the big companies that have like robust business models, the AAA companies, that, and then they're like, we're going to do a Kickstarter. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. That's <laughs> dumb. You're doing a give me money. Yes, that's it. You're doing a pre-order. That's really what that is at that point. Well, I like pre-orders, and I wish that they cost more money. Why? I'll tell you why. That's eh, economics. It helps out. <laughs> it helps out. I want to improve video games. I am... I want there you to be... Mail them a check. <laughs> I don't think that's going to work out. Oh, I don't know. I think they'd probably be willing to take your money. My money would not help improve a video game. No right. amount of money that I could give to a video game developer would improve the video game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, think I could send them $1,000 and they'd be like, oh, sweet, we'll buy donuts, I guess? I don't know. I, I really <laughs> just would like to see them... You know, maybe, maybe this whole zero-day bonus for buying the game thing will get everybody sort of back on track because... There's it's 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 there's a big difference in the industry between the haves and the have-nots, and it's really only getting wi wider as the cost to develop technology increases. That's why you see so many people moving to the mobile platforms because the cost to develop a mobile game is so so much less. I think it's certainly partially the compulsion uh, to have the best graphics forever. But they say, okay, first we'll start off with ridiculously expensive graphics, and then we'll make a halfway decent game. That's what I like about FTL. The graphics are not like super yeah. amazing. It's it's about the gameplay. I'm and guess what? About That's playing how Notch made all of his money. Like graphics? Ah, make it all cubes. It'll be fine. I'm tired of paying for graphics. I don't want to pay for graphics. Uh, yeah. I don't mind paying for like okay yeah, graphics. I like Resident Evil Four graphics. That's the best graphic I need. Well, there's like N64 graphics actually. They work pretty. I'm well. I'm really happy with N64 graphics. The great thing about that generation, <laughs> the PS1, N64, that kind of era, was there's there's an uncanny valley issue with photorealism, is that the closer you get to photorealism, the worse it looks until you get really photorealistic. You pick out the glitches. When you're dealing with stylized stuff, your brain just sort of fills in all the gaps. Mm -hmm. So you know, to me, I was I felt like the the characters in the uh, Final Fantasy, you look at 7, 8, 9, are way more compelling in some ways than the characters in 13, because they're trying to go for a photorealistic look, yeah. and mostly that game just hurts my eyes. <laughs> no, I, I remember eye. thinking, yeah. when, when, I, when I had a PS1, and I was like, oh my god, these graphics are so freaking amazing. Um, and... And they were for the time. Yeah. They were great. What kills old games is not graphics, it's controls and interface. If you go back and play, like, the original... Yeah. That's the why I can't stand playing Pokemon. Like, ancient Pokemon games. <laughs> Such trash. Like, why do I have to hit select all the time and then scroll through, like, ten menus? I've, I've, I've sort of been playing through Secret of Mana 2. <laughs> or 3. Whatever, whichever one. I think it was 2. I don't remember. But, yeah, just the menus are so infuriating to figure out how to do anything. It's just like... And that I think that's what makes it's not the graphics that prevent you from going back to playing classic titles sometimes. It's yeah. the Yeah, the, the biggest problem like I have with XCOM is, is it is mouse only. 
Like <laughs> one button. No, no. Two. Right is cancel. Right is face. Oh, right is cancel. Um, or change facing, depending on what you're the doing. Context. Yeah. Nice. Uh, which of course means that if you accidentally double click it, you'll cancel and then make your guy spin around, wasting time units. Yep. That's not like you can mm-hmm. go back. Yeah. There's no control Z. There's no pirouettes. No free pirouetting. No. Busted. Um, yeah. Watch out. Well, if you. If you tell the guy to walk backwards, you get a free pirouette. Because turning <laughs> as part of the movement is actually free. Whoa. XCOM was... was <laughs> weird. XCOM, uh, was, XCOM was interesting. There's this class of old games, and that includes all of the old D&D, you know, AD&D games and stuff like that, that there was a set of rules, and those rules didn't always make sense or enhance gameplay, but they gave the game its flavor. And I think if you look at XCOM, and you look at the original Fallout, and you look at the old Gold Box D&D games, that once you got in your head, once you got Faco in your head, or you got, you know, mm-hmm. time units in your head... It was really hard for me, coming from Fallout 3 to play Fallout 1 and 2. Like, at, at first I thought, oh god, this is terrible. I'm not going to be even able to distinguish characters from each other. And then I was able to. Even though they were the same characters, you just... It was a different world where you had to memorize where your favorite friends were <laughs> and know that they're going to look like all the other guys. You just need to know which one of them in the crowd is which. Uh, They'll have different names when you talk to them. Yeah. There are three women model models like in this one bar, and one of them is the bartender, and two of them won't talk to you. Well, that narrows it down, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. But the bartender is not near the bar. She's in a corner. <laughs> Of the room, you just need to know where the corner is. But man, I, I love those games. Though I I, I agree with your uh, earlier thing that uh, for games like Fallout Two, you had to absolutely know exactly what you were doing before you started. Yep, you, you need to you need to read the hint guide or the, the cheat guide or you the need to or whatever. You needed to have the entire progression of your character as well as the entire list of items that existed in the game. Yep, because it was effectively a King's Quest game of combat, from what I understand. You know. To a degree. I mean, there, there was a lot of fine... Kingsganger? What? I said you got to play Kingsganger? It is from New Vegas. Oh. I assumed at least were... Oh, yeah, I remember the Kings. They, they were great. They, uh, they were a gang made up entirely of Elvis impersonators. Yeah. They Their headquarters <laughs> was the King's School of Impersonation. That's, it was, that's pretty wild. It was amazing. It's silly. And they had a law of chivalry that they all followed. 